you know, once you're successful, you get caught up in your in your habits. You become unconsciously successful, so you you stop kind of adapting, uh, evolving to what's going on. What's everyone saying? And you're listening to the Beyond the Gaffer podcast. You're here with your boy Kaj and your co-host Dylan and Said. So <laughs> finishes away for um, personal reasons, but we, we're joined with the wonderful Said Imam for this week. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Really enjoy listening to your episode so far. And uh, I'm looking forward to being a part of one. Yeah, no, uh, we're looking forward to hearing your views uh, in this episode. Um, before we start, uh, like a uh, big shout out to our socials. So follow us on BTG underscore pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Now, this is pretty much the end of Liverpool season now, the way I see it. I don't see them getting top four, but obviously Said and Dylan might think otherwise. Um, Dylan, I'm going to start off with you. This is going to be, you're going to be the main host here. But yeah, what, what are your thoughts on Liverpool season so far? Yeah, cheers, Kaj. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. We've got nothing really to play for barring top four. And even that's looking like a struggle going into a must-win game against United away <laughs> in a couple of hours. Uh, so it's been a bit of a turbulent season on the pitch. And I guess in the last few weeks off it with the Super League and everything and protests against the owners um so it's been a been a very different season to the one that i experienced last season where we ran away with the league um with a near with a near record points total but this week we're going to focus on i guess certain players within the liverpool team who have come under a lot of scrutiny in the past few weeks and this all starts with trent alexander arnold so controversially a couple of weeks ago he was left out the england squad by gareth southgate um which he blamed on his defending now as a big, big Trent fan, and I'm, and I'm sure like most Liverpool fans are big fans of Trent, it was a shock to see that. But we were happy in the sense that he, he wouldn't be picking up any injuries on international duty, but it was a big blow for, I think, his confidence and for England. And we're going to focus on him in detail over the next 20 minutes just to sort of find out where he fits into, I guess, Gareth Southgate's plans and why, to be fair, I believe, and side, and I hope so, and you catched why he, he should go to the Euros this summer and sort of what is what are his pros and cons um, I know that his defending's come under, under a lot of scrutiny this season um, and there's so, there's so much more he can offer uh, going forward but I know he has been a liability at times so I'm going to pass it to you side so I just want to get your quick thoughts on Trent so like what, what's gone wrong for him this season I know his numbers have dropped off massively and what do you think the reason is behind this yeah I mean first of all you know Trent Alexander-Arnold is a world qual- uh, world class right back he got 13 assists last season, 12 assists uh, the season before that. Both of them are Premier League highs. So uh, he's he's been poorer this season. Uh, but, you know, he's not been the only Liverpool player to have had a bad season. Uh, the whole of the team is more than the sum of its parts. And if the whole team is is floundering, it's unfair to direct that focus on Trent individually. Uh, he obviously has got that focus because England have... 11 other high quality right backs that he's competing with. Um, he has obviously suffered because um, 
uh, off Van Dyke and Jordan Henderson's injury to a certain extent because whenever he's bombing forward, Van Dyke and Henderson are covering. He's not in this team for his defensive capabilities. He's in his team because of his uh, in the team because of his attacking qualities, his energy, his pace, and his crossing ability. The fact that Van Dyke has not been able to uh, cover for him defensively and Henderson has not been able to cover for him means that he's having to uh, play in a way he's never played in his career before. And I would say the reason why his game has gotten weaker is because Liverpool have had structural issues across the pitch. And for someone like him, who depends on these other structures, uh, he's been adversely affected. So then do you think uh, Trent is more of a system player, similar to like how Victor Moses was playing as a right, as a wing back under Conte and play, performed really well? But let's be fair, he wouldn't be a great player in any other system. Like he's... Yeah, that's that's a fair point to raise up, and that's why I've not necessarily been his the strongest supporter for him playing for England because Gareth Southgate would have to have a midfielder basically covering for uh, Trent in the England team like Jordan Henderson does. If Jordan Henderson is playing for England, then I I would say that Trent has to play for England as well because they've got that connection. If Henderson isn't playing for England, then it, it would be a big risk to ask Trent to play in a system that he's not familiar with. He's still only 22 years of age. He's never he's not really had a, a career development or an, uh, or an evolution in his position or his playing style. He's only just got that one way of playing. Uh, so I sympathise with Southgate because once you've got a, a player of that quality, you want to try to see how he can fit into the system. But for Southgate, it would mean sort of uh, a completely fresh approach. Uh, a couple of months before uh, weeks now before the Euros start um, so yeah I'd agree he, he's a system player uh, based on the Liverpool system Fair enough I mean if you want to go analyse like Trent uh, Trent we have to think about he has got had a me- meteoric rise I'm pretty sure um, over the last few years he's, he's still very very young I still don't I think his defending is massively exaggerated because I still think that's some that's a part of his game that he can learn if you deep it like like if you compare it to like Wan-Bissaka right Wan-Bissaka is known as a very defensive fullback who's done really well but he was a winger <laughs> funnily enough he he's not known for his attacking prowess apparently and he learned that on the job so do you not think his def- his being a def- learning how to defend is a lot easier than how to attack so if anything he has a lot of time on his side to do that I mean, look, defensive capability, like, I think it will come. And, like, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Every defender at some point in their career will get skinned at some point, right? And and you can't expect to beat everyone who goes up up against you. He's played against, like, world-class wing, wingers um, like Leroy Sane and Mbappe. He's played against all these players of the highest quality and has kept most of them under bay. Um, I, the only one I remember giving a real hard time was Leroy Sane a couple of seasons ago. And I remember Klopp actually dropped him for the game at home at Anfield because um, he, was, he was worried about about what, what would happen um, with Sane up against him. But, but like, like you said, like he was a young player of the season last season. He's only 22. He's got so much time to learn that defensive side of this game. And I think the defensive side will come. I mean, he's... Ha- I think this season it's suffered because he's played with like on his right side of centre back. He's played with so many different players. Like how can you trust your defender to be there for you? And which is why it's affected his t- attacking numbers going forward. I think he's sort of limited to go forward. He doesn't want to go forward as much because he knows that the cover is in there. He's played with Reese Williams up alongside him. He's played with Nat Phillips up alongside him. Gomez has played up alongside him. Fabinho has played up alongside him. Like if you've got that chop and change every single week, like and you don't know and you can't build that chemistry with your partner and it's sort of limiting him going forward because he knows if he goes forward you know the defense will crack 
And like like Sain mentioned, Henderson hasn't been there to cover. Fabinho has played most of the season at centre-back, which is not his primary position. He's there to mop up with Henderson. And if Trent does want to go and go and bomb forward, then they're there to cover. While this season, it hasn't been the same. Even the midfield has been chopping and changing with Wijnaldum, Thiago being in and out of the squad. Kite has come in for a couple of games. Ox as well. It's all been a bit of a mess this season. And I think it's definitely impacted on his performance hugely. Um and I don't think that that's to any fault of his own, to be honest. Yeah, I agree with both of you there. I mean, when you've any right back, if they've had to play with 18 different combinations of centre back, they're going to struggle trying to get into a rhythm or just getting accustomed to what they have to do. And I think what we have to remember is uh, defending in football, a big part of that is experience. The best centre backs do, are tend to get better as they get older. And Trent, like you said, is is still only 22. And I can't think of many other right backs at all who are of, young, of a young age who are in the team for their defending. You know, if you think of all the best ones like, like Lamptey, Walker-Peters, um, James Justin, we all uh, think they're great, excellent players, great candidates for England. Uh, because of their attacking prowess. None of them are actually kind of locked on solid defenders. Uh, even Juan Basaka, I know he gets, uh, I know he's great at last ditch tackling and there's some excellent YouTube videos of him doing it. But if you look on, if you see where Man United can see the goals from mostly, it's from right back. Luke Shaw is solid down the other side. So even Juan Basaka, he's, uh, he's got a reputation of apparently being better defensively, but even him as a young defender, I think uh, you know, he's got room to improve. So I think it's a bit unfair to focus all on Trent's defending capabilities as a young attacking right back when you wouldn't make the same sort of uh, level of forensic analysis on any of the other young right backs in the country. No, I completely agree. Like when it comes to Trent, right? Yeah, we can talk about, yeah, he can't defend and so on, but there's no other right back that offers what he what he what he offers um i think it's not just his assist because he can i mean especially in this generation you can just look at his look at the stats and be like oh he his crossing is amazing and so on it is but it's it's his switch of balls that i think is sometimes a like you just don't see that you can only see that when you watch the game right like there's so many times when he pings it from from his side all the way to the other side to like robertson and usually it's the midfielders that do that and i think especially when breaking teams that are quite compact he uh, having him in in the team is a great ask, like great tool to ask tool to have basically i don't know if i've worded that right no no, no like, I, I think I, I think yeah no before as i say it's like i think i remember it was a few game a few seasons ago you know when you played man city and you lost 2-1 i think Firmino scored that when you switched and he had it he had a nice passing move and then he went to trent and then he switched with his left foot his weaker foot all the way to robertson and then he then uh, assisted it to Firmino. those are the kind of things that you won't get from any other right back in the league in my opinion but yeah carry on side uh, yeah no I, I agree with that completely I think if if you're looking at it from an England perspective if it's a game which England are dominating and they're attacking with a lot of possession and you need to some, someone to come up with that through ball or that quick switch of, switch of play or that cross the angle of which only someone like Trent or Jamie Carragher said only Kevin De Bruyne and Trent are of that top level quality in terms of long passing and long crossing in the whole league and if we're in we're playing a team we've got all the possession we've got 15 minutes left before we get knocked out of the Euros there's no other right back 
that in fact there's probably no other player you'd rather have on the pitch making those quick switches of plays and crossing than than Trent and you, know, you would think you would at least want that option on the bench to bring on if we are in those last 15 minutes yeah because like I mean you want from Southgate's perspective you look at that England team in in isolation we know that going forward they're more likely to score um we'd rather them go forward and, and try and score like the defense is what we have an issue with right with, with England and like I think Trent brings you I see it as like he brings you the best opportunity to win the game and like we love and fans love attacking football they want to see England go after and try and win these games like bringing on someone like Wan-Bissaka like no disrespect to his like attacking capabilities but they're just not there and like you, if you need a goal in the last 15 minutes you're not going to bring on Wan-Bissaka to try and score you will bring on someone like Trent to try and win the game he gives you the best opportunity to win the game which is why I was re- I was shocked at first why you got dropped from from the England squad like I mean I know he's up against like you said other quality right backs but like Kyle Walker's had his had his had his problems this season and defensively he's been sent off for England as well he's been sent off I think for City as well um, and I know he has a pace to cover and so I guess maybe Trent does fit better in a back five potentially for England I know Liverpool never played to that system it just doesn't suit us um, and that sort of brings me on to like a different there's been so much talk I guess over the last two and a half years you know his defensive capabilities have not been there but and that his future might actually lie in midfield at the age of 22, I mean, the switch, if it's going to happen, it'll probably happen in the next few years because he's still got the, a long career ahead of him. Like, let's be honest, he's he's younger than all of us sitting here and we're talking about him, just sitting here on a Sunday morning talking about him. Um, but it's, it's, it's interesting to note, like, as a Liverpool fan, like, I don't want personally want to see him at right midfield. Like, I actually like him at right back. He suits our system. But I think for England, if he's got, like, someone like Carl Walker, who's extremely pacey playing on the inside of him at right centre-back, like, why not have Trent on that far right hand side like he would be better in a back five I think so it sort of begs the question like do you side do you think that Trent is actually a midfielder in by trade or do you think he should stay in defense with Trent because he's such a talented player and when whenever you've got a really talented player in a position like a fullback you think hey is there more that they could be doing on a on a weekly basis I think Jamie Carragher said no one wants to grow up being a Gary Neville uh, you know no one wants to grow up playing in the fullback position um with Trent uh, because he's got such good quality, you think, oh, could he do a Gareth Bale? Could, could he start from fullback and end up being, you know, a world class f- uh, winger? Could he do a Philip Lahm? You know, start again from fullback, but be one of the best defensive midfielders in the world. And technically, Trent does has had the ability to do that. But if you if you have a look at kind of where Trent has the most impact on games, it's usually when he's got a lot of space. Uh, it's usually when he's not having to kind of uh, mark or attract someone. And it's usually when someone from midfield is, uh, you know, is covering for him. If he moves into midfield position, the dynamics completely change. You know, midfielders are constantly having to, the main role is, to, is ball retention and keeping the ball moving. Midfielders don't really have that much time to kind of make those long balls or do those uh, crossing or make those really uh, penetrating runs. You can only do that from the side of the pitch. So if you move into midfield, there's always a chance you're actually taking away everything that makes Trent Alexander-Arnold the world-class player that he is. I think the experiment would have to happen at some point, probably in, in an FA Cup game uh, or when our midfielders are injured or something. Uh, and obviously for England, you know, who've got uh, Lamptey, uh, James, Trippier, Wambasaka, Carl uh, Walker-Peters, Cash, Max Aaron's coming through as well. For an England's perspective, you want to have that quality on the pitch and not just competing for one position. So it's, it's in England's interest for him to start exploring other positions. But for now, Trent being the kind of the one or two dimensional player that he is I would personally just want him to concentrate on being the best right back in the world yeah no I think I agree with you side because I think it just comes with a different there's a different set of skill sets that you need from being a midfielder and it 
you'll notice with each different team, they have a different midfield dynamic in terms of like the midfield dynamic that uh, that took Liverpool to the summit really was a real engine room. It wasn't, it's so different to the way Man City's midfield is um, made up with a bunch of different creative players, but also that was able to retain the ball, but it was also able to move around and vacate, uh, go into spaces that other players can't go into. It's, a, it's just a whole, it's like a carousel of midfielders, isn't it? It's a carousel of players. And I just don't think... The, the way you said it, you've you've explained it perfectly in that I think with Trent, it it, fit, it suits him better when he can see the pitch in front of him. But when he's a midfielder, he has to think about everything around him, like even behind him. And I just don't think he's there yet. Like the way I see it, I, I'm going to bring my Arsenal. Uh, <laughs> of course, <laughs> every episode. I have to, I have to, in it? It's like, all right, so I know you you guys probably don't watch uh, Granite Xhaka, right? And he's a midfielder. He's, he's actually pretty decent. Yeah, but... The reason why he's better when he's deeper is because he can actually see everything in front of them, and because if he's because when he's uh, further up in uh, in terms of midfield or closer to the attacking midfielder zones, he usually gets caught with the ball. Um, he's not able. He's not mobile, which I don't think Trent will, Trent will be mobile and so on and so forth. But he just will be. He just doesn't suit that position, and I just think that with Trent, yeah, I'm 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 rambling on, but I think. Suits when everything. Yeah, I think that the, what people say why he why they think he'd be better in a more advanced position is because his decision making in the final third is, in my opinion, like the best in the Liverpool team, probably one of the best in the league. Like he always finds some the the striker who's tr- stayed back, or he always finds a striker who's made the room forward. Almost every single time, I when he's in the final third, I expect him to make a good decision. Thing is, if he was playing in midfield, like you just said, I'm not sure if he's got the ball retention abilities or the quick kind of uh, self awareness around him, what's going on, uh, to be an excellent midfield player. And if he's playing on the wing, uh, you know, I'm I'm not sure he's uh, I've ever seen him run past a uh, beat. Uh, defender one-on-one I feel like he would just kicks the ball and puts a cross in as soon as possible which might be successful for him but at the moment right now even though he's, he's you know he's far too good to be in a to be in an orthodox right back position he doesn't fit any better in a wing as a winger or in midfield uh, and for now the Liverpool system you know we play from from our fullback positions Robertson and Trent are kind of where we get most of our goals and most of our assists from in the last couple of seasons. So it's not like we are limiting his talent or potential by putting him at right back. In fact, we're getting the most out of him by having him there. Uh, but obviously for England, it is a different picture. I think let's let's move this away from like the England conversation and bring it back to Liverpool, right? Do you think that we're, we are just overcomplicating it and we just think Liverpool, Trent Arnold, Trent's best position is right back. But the issue is just the structural mess that we have in Liverpool because of all these centre-back injuries um, that we've had since you've had since the start of the season because it is because you, your team is different to Man City's right they they can replace one midfielder and they can they have another 50-60 million pound player that they could just put into the lineup. you just don't you guys just don't have yeah, that yeah we don't have that like we replace one right back and we end up with either like Reese Williams playing there or Nico Williams playing there not not the same like, like you said City can replace one for one like yesterday I think I think the, they replaced didn't they replace the whole back four from the from the PSG game, Laporte played, uh, Mendy played, uh, I mean, Ake played. Uh, they didn't, none of these guys even started on midweek. People forget that they spent 40 million on uh, Nathan Ake at the same time they spent another 60 million on uh, Ruben Diaz. Uh, I know, but like they, yeah. they can do that and, and, and Liverpool yeah. don't have that ability. Like If you take out Trent out of that team, even same with Robertson right on the other side, right? if you take out those two players, like we are not going to replace him. Like, when, when, when Robbo goes off the pitch, like no disrespect to James Milner because I love him. He's one of my favourite players, but he normally ends up filling there. And James... James 
James Milner does not have, for starters, the pace that Robson has or even the ball quality that he has. And you're going to get a very different Liverpool side playing when he's playing there. Even with um, when Trent's off the pitch, I know Nico Williams is still quite young, only like 19, 20, but he has no way near the technical ability that Trent Alexander-Arnold has. So when he doesn't play, we, we feel it. Like... I remember the start of the season in the when we played UCAD in the Community Shield. That was a, he didn't actually start that game, Trent. And I remember we were getting overrun on that right side because I think Nico uh, Reese Williams was actually playing there, or Nico Williams was playing there, and it it just wasn't the same until Trent came on later in the game. And it, it happens. I you mean, dominated the second half. I remember. Yeah, that, exactly. And fair, that's yeah. when Trent came on. Like we do look a different side without him. And like I know we don't want to get too into stats and stuff. I know he's got a couple of assists this season, but I mean, some of the reason his numbers have dropped off is because some of the finishing from the front three, which we'll get onto in a bit has dropped off as well. We've missed like so many chances this season. We have the worst conversion rate in the league at home. I mean, Trent would Trent could have had a lot more assists this season, but, and if it was last season, he would have had these assists and the strikers would be putting, be putting him in the back of the net. But this season, obviously, due to, I think, uh, there's been, been a complex, complex season and there's, and there's loads of factors which I guess we'll analyse at the end of the season while why Liverpool have sort of faded away from a, from a near records points total. But in truth, like Trent is fine at right back. He's, he he suits Liverpool system. He's well class. Well, he looks. Like, and he works for us. And he, I, I can't see him going anywhere. Right? He's a scouser, born born and bred in Liverpool. I mean, the fans love him, and he loves he loves the fans. So, in short, I mean, I, I was. I know you don't want to bring it away, bring it away from sort of England, but I think South Korea was so wrong to drop him. And now I, I actually think he he cemented his place. I think last couple of games, assist v Arsenal, the winner, ninetieth minute winner v Villa, another assist against Leeds. The guy's on fire, man. Yeah, I mean, so, sorry, I don't know, I don't know if I've interrupted, uh, but I think the perfect example of like what Trent people forget to look at what he 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 can't do, but they forget what he can what he can do. I think that's where the way best way for me to summarize Trent. And for me, the perfect tie to think about Trent is probably your game against Barcelona, right? A couple of seasons ago in the semi final, I'm pretty sure you had Gomez at right back, right, and you lost three 0 And I'm not saying Trent was the reason why, because I think you 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 didn't finish some of your chances and so on. But you noticed a big difference when you had Trent in. Uh, in that semi-final at home you would not have won that tie it's that iconic commentary for the fourth goal and that's that's what you need that's what I just think you need to remember You yeah you might you might lose some games but you're way more likely to win games with Trent on the pitch but yeah, that, that Origi goal though look, are, yeah. are we being honest are we thinking is Carl Walker or Kieran Trippier gonna do that like it's, no. not, it's just not gonna happen like let's be honest but yeah go on side is it no 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 absolutely and I think I think it's, it will help Trent the fact that the uh, teams like Euros have gone up to 26 players from 23. And now that Southgate's got three more players he can choose, if one of them's not uh, Trent, then I, you know, I would seriously question uh, his judgment in that regard. And, you know, he he, he can unlock a defence time and time again, like he's shown for the last three seasons, like no other, like, you know, no other player other than Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, you know, he's a, he's a quality player. And because in, in many ways, he's been a victim of his own success. Because if he hadn't been the runaway best right back in the world for the last three years, we wouldn't be discussing him for in as much scrutiny as we are right now. And people won't be commenting on his on his ability. Uh, and I think that's where Southgate well, actually poorly man-managed him. Because, you know, his statistics are still the best in the league in terms of assists and crosses and uh, uh and, you know, an attacking prowess. So for him, he should have sort of supported him through the, the media frenzy and the social media frenzy and just said, you know, whatever people are saying, whatever his trajectory is right now, overall, he's still 
at the top as one of the best uh, right backs in the league. So I think he was managed poorly, but it's a sign of Trent's character that rather than feel sort of down and depleted about it, like a lot of players have um, in the past, he, he comes back with, with three assists and a goal. Uh, and I think he'll push that on for the rest of the season. It's a sign of a good player. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah, fine. Um, that's completely fair. I mean, Dylan... I think we've spoken quite a lot about how Trent's probably been underperforming this season, but he's probably not the only player to have underperformed the season um, for Liverpool. I'm going to probably try and take this away from England, guys, because I really want to learn about Liverpool here. Now, I look at Salah, I think, has by far been your best player, right? But I think Firmino and Marnie especially has been has underperformed this season quite a lot. I have a few reasons why, but I want to know what your thoughts are on this. I mean, so I, I'll start with you, right? I mean, not just Edentry. Do you, do you know any other players that you think have underperformed the season? Well, now they, um, they don't know. Who knows? I mean, the fact of the matter is the whole team uh, has underperformed this season. There's, you know, there's many reasons behind it. I, I would absolutely say the injuries to Van Dijk and our crucial players and the fact that we have had to have 18 different centre-back partnerships at the back has definitely had a big impact. Also, we're not Man City in the sense that we've got 11 like-for-like players that we can swap out. We have an amazing first 11, which I think can be any team on their day. But this season is almost designed to suit a team like Man City who can squad rotate every single game week, every single, every three days and have a, a first 11, which is as good as they can manage. Well, for us, to have a season like this, which is condensed, we're playing games every three days and, you know, we've only got a first 11 and we've got Naby Keita, Oxlade on the bench. All these factors, I think, have come together for a perfect stew uh, of, of disaster for us. Uh, and you also have to remember, you know, we've been high, uh, mentally, we've been high intensity. We've been really, we've re- we're a team that really connects with our fans as well. You know, that's another factor. We, for us, it's the bond with the fans is, is absolutely crucial. So if you take these three things together, I think it created the perfect kind of recipe for disaster for us this season. And obviously, like we just said, it, it's uh, impacted Trent's performance, but it has impacted the performance of every player on the pitch. Um, Salah, because of the kind of character he is, he's very, you know, his tunnel vision, always thinking his goals. How could I get this round thing you, into, you, you, into you, you the think, You think about himself, isn't it? The, the way I see it. Uh, yeah. So he say he's less likely to be affected by these other factors. And you need you need a player like this in your team. But I would say, unlike say the great Man United or even the Man City teams uh, in the past, uh, they've been full of kind of single minded kind of hard men who just want to get uh, who just want to get the win by all costs. Liverpool we've always been a bit more of an emotional team. We celebrated a two-all draw against West Brom because it was good for our uh, mentality. We've got Klopp who puts who hugs players and puts his arm around the shoulders. Once we once you have so many things kind of shooting you down and it has an effect on your mentality and your confidence, we are exactly the kind of team which which would be susceptible to a massive drop in form. So when the 7-2 with Aston Villa happened when all these when you know six home uh, defeats in a row, six home defeats in a row after four years I feel like if that was ever going to happen to any team it would be a team as kind of emotional as ours it's been no no I mean like if you it's a, it's a bit it's been a bit of a crazy season in terms of in terms of Liverpool but like if you just look at that, that front three right if you look at them individually like Salah's on course for potentially another golden boot that'll be three in four years his numbers are still up there he's already surpassed last season's um, Premier League's goals total already right he already holds a record for the most number of goals scored in a 38 game season um, by any player with 32 I think in his debut season right he's about to hit the 100 club in the Premier League after four seasons I mean his numbers are phenomenal um, and he, he'll, be be honest, pre- he'll be mem- he'll be remembered as a Premier League yeah legend, he would be and a Liverpool great and, and, and he he has one side of playing. He also he's going to get that ball in the back of the net, and you know it, it works for him. And 
he's been an asset to Liverpool for the last couple of seasons. We look at the other two. I mean, these are the Firmino and Mane, I guess, are the ones who have had to drop drop off in form. I mean, Firmino, we have to remember, is not even a Jurgen Klopp player. He didn't even sign him. Brendan Rodgers signed him back in, I think, 2014. But he is the one that, he's the glue that holds that system together. Like all these players are what, they're, I think both of them, two of them are 29 and Salah's 28 or whatever. So they're all in the sort of their prime, the prime age of their pit careers. You know, they're, I mean, Mane and... Salah were both nominated for the Ballon d'Or, I believe, last year, along with like loads of other Liverpool players. But this season, they've suffered a massive drop in form, and like it was unsustainable what we were doing. We let's talk, let's look about it like from an objective perspective. We accrued ninety nine points last season. The season before, we accrued ninety eight points. Like I don't think even the most Champions ardent Liverpool fan the season before that exactly. Yeah. But I mean, it's the, been the, a great three four years the way I see it, and you it. can't sustain that. Like I mean, I I I knew this season. Okay, I've been surprised by how much we've dropped off in form. I can't lie. But and losing, like, having one win at nine at home, like I would never have thought it would be the case. But I never expected us to get 99 points like it was unsustainable what happened last season it was just a per- like like side said the recipe for disasters happened this season the perfect conditions have come but even last season like it was just the perfect conditions for us to, to win and it's not like we've been poor um just this season since sort of the turn of the year or since we had that 3-0 defeat to Watford we've been poor and that was last February even after Covid I think we only took the sixth most points in the league um, and we were on course for a record points total and we and we actually lost games that we shouldn't have lost so it's, been, it's coming that, to this I season I think that's no uh, you like you won the league at a canter right like yeah you could have got the record points total but I don't think that. let's be honest I don't think that really matters you, you guys never really had any competition for the you like Covid was such a one-off that's not really based your league well, I think it's brought that, that form that form from last season has taken has sort of affected this season right that first game was 4-3 to to Liverpool against Leeds right we were we were about to draw that game until a questionable sort of penalty in an 89th minute and then let's not forget like two three games later we conceded seven to Villa like I don't think this that team last season would have done that and we still had a fairly strong squad at that point I mean, Van Dijk was still playing, Gomez was still playing. Look, the way I see it with Liverpool, right, I think they're just... This is why Klopp is, I think, is an amazing manager, right? Because I don't think your squad... Your squad is good, but it was never 99 points, 100 point total good. He made it... He, like, he made the sum of the parts look, compete with this this Man City, right, for the last three or four seasons. It made them win a Champions League, win a Premier League title. And for me, if one piece of the puzzle kind of, like, goes it really kind of like the whole system doesn't like kind of just does not work not not work it there's a lot of vulnerabilities and it's just because of the budgets that you guys work with right compared to well man city and like even man united so you've seen like you know with the 7-2 against aston villa you didn't have allison i know allison has a million great form yeah money wasn't there either that yeah money wasn't there so like it's such it's a you if you have Adrian in goal, you're one, you're not gonna have exude confidence into the defense. For one, he was susceptible to a few goals there. But also with Marnie, his pressing from the front allows suffocates uh, a lot of um teams from the back. So like the perfect example is as usual, like when you played us at home at the start of the season, that that was you at Liverpool at his best, right? But that's when you had Alisson at the back, when you had Van Dijk at the back as well. And when Van Dijk, you could, I think if there was a video on Tifo football on, on what he offers to the team in that 
He allows you to play with a high line. He gives the midfield structure as well because Henderson and Fabinho plays. But he also allows Trent and Robertson to push up as well. And by doing that and having that high press towards the other teams, you're able to get the ball back. And not just that, you're, it, allows, it generates more opportunities for your for your fullbacks, but also for your wingers. And that's probably one of the reasons. I know, yeah, Van Dijk, what, what does he have offer in terms of a defence? But I remember when he was pinging balls straight uh, with... <laughs> Uh, straight towards uh, Alexander Arnold with um, like with just, I was going to say high speed, but yeah, um, faster than most other defenders, and it's just those kind of things that have just not you've not had this season, which has, which I think are the reasons to why you've not uh, done well. And it, it sounds oversimplified, but I just do think the Van Dijk injury and no, no Matip as well, and no Gomez, and which has uh, affected Alisson's confidence as well, is why one of the reasons why your attack hasn't done well because you haven't got the stable defense, a stable base to push up forward on. I don't know. Your thoughts, Ed? Yeah. I mean, before we get into the, the front three individually, I think I just want to like kind of manage expectations of what was expected of, of, of Liverpool and any team. Uh, if you look, if you look back across the last 15, 20 years, the great Man United teams, the Chelsea team, the City teams, you know, um, they only ever win the league. You know, United won it three times in a row, but City won it two times in a row, and Chelsea won it two years in a row. You know, it's really, really hard to keep a team winning the league, walking the league for longer than two and a half years. So Alex Ferguson, he was would always get the, the title in that half in that third season as well. You know, for a number of reasons, teams teams suss you out, teams figure you out. They figured out that actually we like to give our fullback space, or to figure out the strengths and weaknesses of all our players. It's very hard to maintain being as good as you are for more than two and a half seasons, I would say. And in, in any other season, we would have won the league with 98 points, but we didn't because City beat us by one point. And then we obviously walked the league last season. So we were always going towards a trajectory now where it's impossible for any team, even the great teams of the past, to have had that consistency over a longer period. So I think we were always going to go on a bit of a downturn. And this downturn was... Uh, was you know was made a lot worse by the factors that we just discussed uh, beforehand. Okay, fair. But do you not think the downturn? I've, I mean, like, I'm with you in the sense that I was expecting a downturn this season. But would you have said the downturn? Even I, I know we injuries aside, but do you beat? I I think this squad is good enough to win more than one home game in nine, score more than three goals in 2021 at home or whatever it is. We're we're better than that on paper, even with the injuries that we have. So what has that come down to then? If we're like, I mean, I know there'll be a drop off in form. And I know the injuries have played a part, but what I think we're, we're a better squad than, the, than what sort of the league table tells at the moment and what the recent results have shown. Yeah, I also think we've, you know, once you're successful, you get caught up in your in your habits. You become unconsciously successful. So you, you stop kind of adapting, uh, evolving to what's going on. I would say a lot of the best teams in the league at the moment, uh, you know, they're, they're either playing three at the back or they're playing kind of a city system where the, where the fullbacks are sort of coming inwards. I would say we are probably playing the most outdated system in the league right now, which is actually pretty easy to defend against, as we've seen on, in those nine home games, because teams just have to sit back and they know that we're weak defensively and we will give away at least one goal or at least two goals over the course of the game we are the easiest team in the in the league to read right now we're playing the the least innovative system because we've been playing it because it's been successful for us for the last three years and for Klopp to bring about a new system a new style of play it will take you know firstly a season where the old system has to fail and then probably another season to work on the new system before we can get back up to the level where we are because you know when, when with Trent and Robertson you know they they won they had the most assists ever 
a fullback has got in the league because that was a new innovative system. And 2017, 18, 2018, 19, teams didn't know how to play against that. And we were the, the, the fresh kids on the block regarding the system that we were playing. Now, everyone has figured it out. Uh, except for us uh, and everyone's playing a different uh, team two shells come in and he's playing a completely different system and he's now the guy who's playing a system which other teams are trying to uh, work out uh, and Guardiola always just you know the guy's a genius he, he's always trying to work uh, he's always got the highest standards of himself but on a tactical level we are behind the other teams and it and if you're losing the tactical battle which we're losing week after week after week because teams just have now accepted, hey, we'll sit back and wait for the chance on the break because we'll get the goal. If, if it's a pace battle between Phillips or Kabak against even Callum <laughs> Wilson, it was Callum Wilson just ran past Phillips like he wasn't there. They know they'll get those chances. So on a tactical level, you know, we're, we're, we're far behind. And that, that's probably the one thing that you can actually blame the, the manager or the team for. Uh, the kind of the outside factors, the, the three games a week, COVID, uh, you, could, you could have more sympathy for. But on a tactical level as well, we've not quite been there. Yeah, Klopp hasn't changed it, has he? And I, I'm going to bring it no. to you, bring it to you, Kaz, like uh, from an outsider's perspective, right? Obviously, you've, you've heard the name Mane Salafumino a lot over the last couple of years. What's your sort of view on them? I know, like when they inform, like people would want to take them, and they'll be they'll slot into sort of any team. But where do you think it's sort of gone wrong this season? So, like when True Geordie, like I don't know if you've ever watched the kickoff, right? But he he really explained it really well when Liverpool are at its best. But like wave after wave after wave of terms of energy, they like they break you down differently to Man City, but they just it's just unbelievable energy. And I just think the like so many factors have just culminated into you, your team one breaking down and you losing your parts in increased injuries and like the uh, the com- the compact schedule and I just think it it was just for me it's also the end of the cycle right like no team really does like Said said last longer than four, four or five seasons the best managers always try to add players into that and we could talk about Thiago he wanted to add that to try and increase boost the creativity I don't think it works you can tell that it's going to a different kind of um i do think Klopp wants to modify it but just with slight changes but i think now he's been dealt his hand because of so many injuries with marnie has he had any injuries before this um uh in the past three or four years like any big injuries because he's for me he seems like an alexis sanchez player in that he's got high energy high energy he plays like full throttle for so so many games in a row and he's got immense fitness but then the problem with those players is that they could fall off a cliff at any moment I'm not saying he will because I still I still think maybe it's just the system prob- like the problems with the system more than him but I don't know that's that's my thought I have a few more things but I don't I, I want your thoughts on Mane especially yeah so uh you know Mane's had but he's been nominated for Ballon d'Or for the last couple of seasons he's been he's been our match winner more so than than any of the front three I think if you were to ask any Liverpool fan who's been the what, the front three who's most played a part in our uh, in our league successes, it's it's probably Mane. He's been the one getting the late winners. He's been the one with that electric burst of pace. He always had a, as a sitter. He's my favourite player in the front three, to be honest. When I watch him, yeah, play. yeah, and and he's been so consistent for such every. The day we signed him for Southampton, I think he got a goal against Arsenal in in the first the game four of the three, season. yeah, the four three, yeah. That was, that was still one of his best goals, and I remember it like uh, uh, Salah like was playing then. I thought he was, and then went. Uh, and then Salah joined the season, season after, after, I believe. After, yeah, 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 it was just Mane and Firmino then. Yeah, and uh, I mean, with all world class players, I mean, I would say the last winger that we had in the league. Uh, you know, Eden Hazard before he left for Real Madrid. You know, he was world class, but he had 
a season where he was terrible. He didn't score until he literally gave Leicester the league against against Spurs. So these world class players that we get occasionally they are they will have poorer seasons. Uh, you know, Shearer had seasons where he got two or five goals. He, he had injuries as well, but you know he got two goals in seventeen games in one season. Uh, and Henri had uh, had a couple of seasons uh, had one season where he wasn't uh, as good as everyone else. So I, 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 think I, don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about Henri, but maybe later on. But maybe yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, basically what I'm trying to say is uh, world class. Players, we should allow them one season where actually, you know, things haven't been. And Mane has more reasons. I mean, has had COVID had, this year. I mean, I, I exactly that, that's affected. We don't know what how that will affect a lot of players. And I know it's taken a while for players to like come back from that. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, he's a very likable player. Liverpool fans will still back him to be to his best uh, next year. He's earned every right to be forgiven for uh, this season. And you know, he's hardly been the only one. And there's so many mitigating factors uh, for his form. He's had an indifferent season. I think he's only got like four goals in 24 since October. But for me, if like, if I'm watching him on the pitch, he's the one who will beat a player who'll create a chance and who, who who can potentially score a goal if he needs to. Like I, I, I saw his confidence the other day against Aston Villa where we were three on three on one, I think in the last minute and he could have squared it to Jota for a tapping, but he went for the shot because his confidence is so low. He hadn't scored in in weeks since like I think that West Brom game back in December but like for me like Kaj he's my favourite player of that front three and I love watching him play and I think that he deserves his season off and I think you have to give him another season just to see what it's like hey, look he's still in this peak of his career 29 years old he's got a good few seasons still ahead of him and I think with a fully fit squad and um, essentially Trent and Robbo bombing down the side and a better midfield behind him I think the goals will come for him I think that this season is sort of just been an anomaly. We have to we have to sort of give him that chance and to get back to his goal scoring ability because he's not he's not quite like Salah where obviously you know Salah picks the pens and stuff which boosts his stats and all that. But I think he similar to Firmino he molds that front three a lot better. While if Salah was up there on his own, I still think Salah could actually score the number of goals he as he does because just the way he plays, Mane is more of a team player than I think Dan Salah is. Even though they have their you know differences and the rivalry between them. We've spoken about in terms of like how they've how they've failed, right? So then, where do you see this team moving forward? I mean, I can start with you, Dylan. Now, um, I have my own thoughts, but I'm gonna start. I don't want to. I don't want to affect your thoughts. I'll, I'll come in at the end. Where do I see it going forward? Like, so well, well firstly, I think you have front four to be fair. Yeah, exactly. Kind of, I was gonna say you're gonna look at Jota now. Like he was signed as a big money player, forty million pounds from Wolves last season. And you know what? He slotted in pretty well. He's had a, a horrid run of injuries. Like I think he got he got he got played in a pointless game in a Champions League game in December against Midtjylland. Got a knee injury. He goes out for three months. Like it's just like an, another injury to add to the list this season. You've got but, the previous Arsenal physio there, so I, I'm not surprised really. <laughs> from but I mean, he's he, he's young. He's 24, I think. So and he he scored some really good goals this season. I mean, he's good in the air. He's got a bullet header against Arsenal a couple of weeks ago. And I think he, he's had the most shots in the box over the last four weeks for for any. Player player in the Premier League so he's obviously getting getting into the right position he could have had a hat-trick last week against Newcastle but didn't due to some poor finishing um, and a bit of luck it's interesting to see where it goes like I mean Klopp's played I think two or three times a season with all four and we haven't won so like last last week he played with all four and we didn't win and I think it happened again um, a couple of weeks ago so I don't know I don't think that's the answer going forward all front all four of them playing because we do look vulnerable defensively when when teams got us, like Callum Wilson and Joe Linton. Let's be honest, he's not the best striker in the league, but he was in a, having a field day last week. Because all four of those players were attacking, there, there was no cover in midfield. We've sacrificed a player in midfield and 
teams are just cutting through us. I mean, I'd give another season of these front three, but I think Jota needs to be integrated a lot better into the system. And I expect, personally, Firmino to to suffer as a as a sort of consequence of this. I don't know about you, Sai. Like, where do you think? Where do you think? Where do you think Jota sort of fits into that front three debate? Whenever I see the team sheet an hour before and I see the the four on the page, you know, I'm rubbing my hands. I'm like guessing, but. More often than not now, we do look a bit more disjointed when we've got those four players because um, Jota actually plays like right at the top. Firmino is the one who, who drops back in. So we sort of play a, a four two three one with Jota as as a striker. Uh, and which makes Firmino's role in particular almost like he's almost just there to press. He doesn't actually have a role on the, on, on the pitch. He's there to kind of just be there. He's, he's not quite a midfielder. He's not playing in the, in the nine. Uh, he's just sort of there to be part of the front four. Going forward with the front three, I mean, I'm still a big Bobby Firmino fan. You know, Bobby Firmino is, as Liverpool fans affectionately call him, he's the system, right? Every, he's the one who sets the press. He's the one who's in charge of us getting the ball back. And he's the one looking for those little short passes, those, those quick turns, those quick step overs to get us from, to turn us an attack uh, into a goal. Uh, so I would say... It, similar to what we just said uh, about uh, Mane, I think he's he's allowed to have a season where he's not been quite uh, up there with the best. And what what do we mean by he's a system? It means that he should be judged not on his personal goal return or personal assist. He should be judged on the goal return and goal assist of the front three, which has been has has been exceptional. I think there was a debate. When Spurs fans were saying, hey, you know, we'd rather have Harry Kane or Bobby Firmino any day. Uh, and sure, Kane's stats are better than Firmino's. But with Harry Kane, you get one potential golden boot winner. With Bobby Firmino, you get two, whoever's playing with him. So he contributes. To, uh, that's his role in the team. And sure, he has been poor this season. And, you know, we've, we can make scapegoats out of Trent. We can make scapegoats out of injuries. But as a Liverpool fan, having seen him develop for the last five seasons, I still think that he will, he's at least got another twilight year in him. Maybe next year he wants to right some wrongs. And I think the front three have earned that right to actually still be the front three next season. Jota, he's an excellent option to have on the bench. And maybe next season, a front of four of the four will work better than it has this season. But I still think, you know, the difference between Klopp and Guardiola is if Klopp believes in you, he starts you no matter what. Guardiola can believe in you and be like, sorry, you're on the bench next game. Uh, so Guardiola, I mean, Klopp is more limited in that respect. So he does have to find a solution to that. But I still think going into next season, it's sort of the same as this season. We've got the front three and Jota filling in uh, or trying to uh, kind of break his way into the front three. I think the way you need to look at this is I think it's going to you're going to have to start creating a new team and you're going to you're going to have to phase out quite a few members I mean the idea that I think that people are in the players are now in their prime 28 29 I don't even believe that anymore I think they're more in the prime than 25 26 the whole debate for another day I think for me for me will probably need to be phased out and I do think the formation will probably be be moved to, I mean you said you mentioned how it's being moved towards a 4-2-3-1 right I think that's what you guys originally had before you, when you had Coutinho in there and I think that's probably where I think the biggest problem that Liverpool have had even in their peak seasons and night with the 98 points and the 100 points they haven't had that create the level of creativity in their midfield and goal threat from midfield that when you can especially when you compare it to Man City they have um De Bruyne they have uh, Bernardo Silva obviously he plays on the wing but he can play in midfield they had David Silva but obviously not anymore Gnogan scored like Gundogan I don't know I hope I butcher his name but he scored like at least 10 goals from uh, midfield Phil Foden 
you you guys don't have that caliber of midfielders in in your in your team and i think that's where klopp is going to have to really look look to buy just to re- reconstruct this team towards getting getting liverpool back to the summit and i think Firmino now i don't even know if he counts towards the striker now because he he said he's a system player he likes to he's like a false nine role trying to provide assists to the other team that's what a midfielder really should be doing and i just think if you compare him, maybe if you don't compare, if you compare him to the strikers, Kane also beats him in, in terms of providing assists for like other players in Spurs. But also if you compare him to someone like De Bruyne and De Bruyne, he also does not do well in terms of goals either. And yeah, I just think he's the first to go. And I do think the main area of concern is one defense in terms of moving, improving your team, but also the striker slash mid, attacking midfielder zone. Um, Dylan, I'm going to bring it back to you and what you thought about what I was saying. Maybe if I am chatting shit, really with Liverpool or not? No, no. I mean, I, I sort of see it as a blend between both you, actually, both your answers. Actually, like I still, I still think the front three deserves another go, um, and like they've they've earned that right. Um, given what they've done over the past couple of seasons to do that. Like, I know Firmino hasn't scored a huge amount of goals this season, but like he scored some crucial winners. Like he got the winner for us in the, like, the Club World Cup final yeah, back in December in 2019, which is an important goal. And he, and he is the glue that brings that front three together. But I do think that we do need a creative midfielder. Like if you look at our midfield when it normally plays at the moment, like Thiago didn't have a single assist in the Bundesliga last season, but he, I don't think that is his job. But even by now, he's had like, I think he's had over 5,000 passes since his last assist. He's not a, a creative, a creative player. Like our, we've, like we've spoken about already, our creativity comes from our wingbacks and that's where most of our assists come from. They don't come from the midfield. Like even with people like, even with Henderson in there, Fabinho, they're not there to assist. They're just a mop up. I mean, if, if Klopp does want to change the system, which I think it probably has come time to do that. Like he does need to sign someone like Coutinho, like, not not actually continue, but someone in that holding role that can, you know, someone you like Messi, someone like Ozil midfielder role. You mean yeah, like, yeah, like someone like someone like Ozil yeah. to you know to open up and pick those locks and do you, those defenses. Do you, do you have any young players coming through that you think can I mean, fill that role? Klopp, I think Klopp's playing Curtis Jones a lot, but whether he's the answer, not not so sure. And and we've got a lot of fringe players who I think will leave the summer, like Oxley Chamberlain, Shakiri, um, Milner's probably only got like another season left in him. Like all these midfielders will probably have to go or move on in the next couple of years. So he, I think the money would be there to sign someone. And I think he does need to sign a creative player. I mean, it takes the, it would take the pressure a lot off the wing backs um, when the system isn't, isn't working like, like, like now, if we had someone in that creative role, threading passes through to the front three and on, let's say in a normal given season, they'd take some of these chances. There would be, we'd, we wouldn't be talking about Trent and stuff because someone would be there, you know, picking a lot for us but we don't have it and obviously people sort of blame Klopp for not signing one in anyone in the summer yeah no I would uh, I'd actually really agree with what Cad said earlier about like maybe needing someone in the number 10 role because I mean you know, like I said tactics and football evolve over a couple of seasons over three uh, three or four seasons Liverpool under Klopp we were the pioneers of the 4-3-3 of as in midfielders taking the slack for everyone else but now that 43 has on the whole been sussed out by Premier League defences and now it, it's sort of gone back to having uh, back to having needing need someone in the number 10 role but you know in that in that era Ozil, Eriksson uh, Christian Eriksson of Spurs they all went out of fashion they, were, they couldn't get into their team because everyone realised that it was a new way of play that was more effective but now I think that era of 4-3-3 is almost over we, we do have to start looking for alternatives uh, and we do need a player to play in that number 10 role and Firmino doesn't have the the kind of the characteristics like uh, Coutinho did or like you know, Ozil did in, in the past uh, one thing where I will disagree Kaj is I would say longevity in sport is becoming 
is is becoming better. I think players actually are peaking slightly later than they would uh, in the past. I, I think it, I, I know in tennis and cricket, players are kind of peaking five years later than they used to. Uh, and I think it's the same in football. I would say in the past, I think growing up, 26 was a peak. It was a year where the player would have their best season. And uh, in the last five years, it's usually been 28. I would say that the trend shows it's probably getting closer to 29, 30. And obviously, there's no, we really find this out as the years go by. But I would, I would probably say 29, 30 is probably going to be the peak years. If you look at kind of, you know, the season that De Bruyne is having and a lot of the centre-backs and Van Dijk, I would say they're getting to the years where they're going to be their most successful now. But again, we'll, we'll have to wait and see for that. Yeah, no. Um, on those points, I think it all depends really on the players because obviously like certain players, I, I always think of it like this. For me, Lionel Messi, I think his best career came when he was like 23, 24, when he could do everything all in one go. And then obviously certain players, I think with centre-backs, they can obviously play until they're 35, right? And then certain players kind of just fall off a cliff after 30. I mean, I'll, we're going to forget. Uh, yeah, uh, I think we both put some valid points when it comes to that. I think when it comes to, I think I have slight disagreements in terms of the fourth three being uh ending i know i'm gonna try and keep it short because i know we want to keep it we're probably going to end the pod soon but i think for me i just think you need creative players that can play in multiple different positions so you can play in a 4-3-3 but you can also play in the you can play that player in the wing if you need to and i think that's what the modern 10 is like the modern the the 10 that died in terms of oza was that because he could only play in the 10 position but he couldn't play in the wing he couldn't adapt but i think the modern creative players are able to play in multiple different positions like you see with bernardo silva you see with full photo and de bruyne i could bring him back to me and smith rowe and he can play in multiple positions before okay the way i want to end it right is i want your thoughts in terms of how who you'd want to sign before and what your thoughts on based on trent and just the front three but i think the players that you could you should really look towards is probably grealish i think grealish would be amazing for you in that he would he could play in midfield and he can play on the wing and he could offer that creativity to players like that um more than someone like madison and grealish i think would suit you uh that he would jump at the chance to play for a big team also because he could he can then play for England but yeah and in terms of a striker I don't know what kind of profile you'd want because I think Kane suits you guys but maybe you might want to go someone younger do you have the money for someone like Haaland I don't know but yeah that's that those are the things that you might want to think about but yeah um Dylan or side what's your thoughts in terms of who you would like to sign but also your thoughts on basically where Liverpool should be should do to move forward for the next season the positive thing about Liverpool's transfer strategy is like it is unexpected it, 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 and will happen last minute. I think no one predicted, no one guessed that we would sign Jota or that he would be this successful. So there's almost no name that we we could effectively rule out because you know we could literally sign anyone uh, and it could, it could work very well. Obviously, uh, in a dream world, I want Mbappe or Haaland because I'm sure they will be kind of the equivalent to Ronaldo, Messi in the next decade. But I'm not very confident of getting those kinds of players. Um, Grealish, I mean, I would love Grealish at Liverpool. I'm not sure how much would the amazing season that Villa have had and him being, uh, you know, a Villa boy through and through, how much he'd be willing to leave. And we've never been a team to sign established players. We've always signed that Jota level level of player. Like Jota and Mane had like uncanny statistics. Mane at Southampton and Jota at Wolves. So we we, we never signed a player probably as developed and already as established as Grealish is. Uh, but I would say probably on that level below, uh, I wouldn't rule out anyone. Yeah, for me, like 
gonna sort of end gonna end the pod in a minute but i mean yeah if 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 we had the funds and kane was available i wouldn't even think twice he'd he'd be up there i'd sign him the end of end of discussion it would not it won't happen i'll tell you now it's not gonna happen because he won't come to liverpool i don't think we can afford him but if we could i'll take him and again like side said i think generational talents is probably a word that gets used a bit too much but i think mbappe and Haaland are but again they're not coming to liverpool not confident so it remains to be seen like jota came out of the blue completely and I, I, i've heard when then you win the market for ibrahima konate um another center back um so it'll be interesting to see what happens there but i mean all, all in all it's been a i mean a disappointing season for liverpool but i don't think the one that was too it, it wasn't it was expected to some extent um i don't i mean obviously we've had three season defining injuries all at center back which is uh, <laughs> extremely unfortunate uh, but it's just the way it, it happens and you know when we're, we're in a battle for the top four now and it remains to be seen whether we're playing we could i mean in this this time in two weeks we could be either be playing ucl football uel football uecl football or no european football at all we could finish anywhere between uh, third and eighth given given the table so it remains to be seen but no it was, that was a really good discussion about about liverpool i enjoyed it and we'll have to we'll have to do it again at, again at some point so i just want to thank both of you for today for coming on the pod it's been a it's been a good discussion about you, i'm here every week mate yeah, yeah all, I know. it's, it's week, been a good so discussion i know we've got an arsenal yeah. pod coming next week so i'm looking i'm looking forward to right. that so everyone thank you for listening um and please leave us a review on apple podcasts and give us a like on spotify and go and follow see you later guys thank you